Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack. I got my chief counsel. I guess now you are not, well, anyway, what? you're the director. I <laughs> director of Truth and Liberty, yeah. You know, I'm not good on That's titles, okay. That's but right. you are an awesome person and you do, <laughs> he does all of the work for Truth and Liberty and gets it done. And I tell you, uh, Richard Harris has been a great blessing. Tonight, our guest is Janet Boyne. She's a friend of mine. We've been friends for a number of years. She's just doing a great job and uh, I'll introduce her better in a little bit. But we want you to know that we've got things coming up here that you could be a part of. You can actually be a part of this broadcast by putting in your questions. And I guarantee you when uh, Janet shares tonight, you're going to have some comments and questions. I believe that. And so uh, tell them how they can participate, Richard, and be a part of this. Absolutely. Well, it's an interactive livecast. So just post your comments or questions in the chat box there on our website at truthandliberty.net. Uh, or if you're watching on Facebook, you can uh, put those in the comment section there. We do encourage everybody, watch us right on the website at truthandliberty.net. If you're on YouTube, really counsel you to get off of there and jump on the website because YouTube usually doesn't like what we have to say here on Truth and Liberty and you know how they handle that. So, uh, but, but yeah, that's how you participate. It's gonna be a great show tonight. And also, uh, speaking of our website, uh, you may not know this, but uh, we have a 24 seven news feed on our website. If you want the latest news from all the best conservative sources. All you got to do is go to Truth and Liberty and click on the news uh, button there and uh, you'll see those headlines coming in and you can click on those articles. So it's a great resource for you there as well. Plus, Andrew, we've got some great events coming up here. Uh, it, the holidays are on us. It's Thanksgiving week, but right after that, December 6th, you're going to have an event called Karis Campus Reveal and this is going to be a live stream. This is going to be big. We, the Lord has spoken to me that we need to expand Karis to not only teaching the Word and doing what we're doing. We aren't going to change any of that, but we need facilities such as student housing, uh, cafeteria that seats a thousand people, another thousand seat auditorium because we don't have room for all the students. We now have over a thousand students. We're projecting within the next few years we'll be up to 2,500. So we're going to build all of this uh, activity center, an athletic center, a hotel conference center, performing arts center. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So, but you can tune into that on December the 6th. There's going to be all kinds of amazing ministers coming on there and talking about this vision, including Richard Roberts, uh, James Robison, Mike Huckabee, Kenneth Copeland, and too many others to list. So be sure to check that out on awmi.net. The Heart of Christmas is also right around the corner. That amazing Broadway quality dramatic production written by Elizabeth Murin and Robert Murin. It's December 9th through the 11th, and it's just a fantastic show. Something you can bring 
bring the whole family out to and kick off the Christmas season. And also a live nativity or living nativity, December 16th through the 18th here at the campus of Karis Bible College. I love that thing. It's, it's beautiful with live animals and everything. And then the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference right after the new year. Andrew's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona, January 5th through the 7th, along with Lance Wallnow. That is going to be an awesome time. Lance is a different guy. He just uses a different part of his brain than I do, but you I know, love it. God's oh. given him a perspective on things that's just, uh, just sees unique, isn't it? Yeah. Good. And uh, also, if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, I really want to encourage you to do that. I think and I'm biased here, I know, but I think the quality of what we're putting out here at Truth and Liberty is just getting better and better. Last week, we put out several blogs that you need to check out. If you didn't get the email, you can find them on our website. But if you're not a subscriber, you need to become one because what we're trying to do is equip you to stand for truth in the public square with analysis, information, action alerts, all kinds of things. So subscribe today. And if you do, we'll send you, uh, or you'll be eligible to receive, I'll say, um, a free product. Last week, we gave away Andrew's book, Spirit, Soul, and Body. And Sherry Clark, congratulations on that. You're the winner, and you'll be getting an email about how you can claim that gift. That's an amazing book. Here's one of Andrew's possibly most popular ones, God Wants You Well. Uh, that seems like, a, as Thomas Jefferson would say, a self-evident uh, statement. Truth. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. But it's amazing how many people don't realize that God, it's His will to heal in every situation. In this book, if you need healing or a loved one needs healing, this is the beginning of your journey. I promise you it's transformational. So um, uh, subscribe today and you will put your name in a hat and you'll be eligible to receive that. Also, if you're not a donor here at Truth and Liberty or a member, I want to invite you to do that. Become a member today. For $5 or more uh, per month, you can help us change this country to turn this country back to God. You know, I was at a conference this last week and I told those who were there, I said, you know, we need to re-disciple America and we've got to do that through every means possible in every mountain. We've got to start preaching and speaking God's word. And that's what we're about here at Truth and Liberty. If you want to help us do that, become a member today. Go on our website, hit the donate button there and sign up to give $5 or more per month and you'll become a member and we'll send you this copy of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution and Andrew's Declaration of Dependence Upon uh, God and the Holy Bible as a free gift in the mail today. And last thing is if you need prayer, call in at 719-635-1111 and uh, one of the trained spirit-filled uh, prayer ministers will, uh, will be happy to minister to you and, and agree with you in prayer today. And I just want to compliment you on our website too because last Friday I was on the treadmill for a couple of hours and I was looking through Truth and Liberty right. and it is phenomenal what we have on there. I've heard you mention it and I've looked at individual things, but man, you could spend days. Yes, hundreds of resources on our resources page. I tell you, anything that you need to get involved and become effective is on the Truth and Liberty. And we're also a clearinghouse for other things. We have links to other places, so we encourage you to do that. Amen. So tonight our guest is Janet Boynes. And Janet has uh, been a friend for a number of years. She has her own ministry, Janet Boyne's ministry. She is an ordained pastor out of Mac and Lynn Hammond's church in uh, the Minneapolis area. And Janet has the, I guess, dubious, I don't know what you call it, but she, she, even though she was a Christian, she lived as a lesbian for 14 years. Mm -hmm. and went through a lot of trauma. And I think it's been now 18, 20 years, I think, since you've been out of that. Is that correct, Janet? That is correct, over 20 years. And she now has a ministry specifically ministering to homosexuals, lesbians, and to their families because it's not only affecting uh, the people, but it affects the entire family. And uh, Janet, you're a blessing. Man, we need people like you to speak out. And there, 
You know, when I speak out against anything, people say, well, you don't know what you're talking about, but they can't say that to you. <laughs> and, and they can't. And, and they won't even, you know, have a conversation with me about this issue because they know those of us who have come out of that life and who have been steady under the power of Jesus Christ can debunk the things that they're saying. Yeah. So they will not go up against us. And I've seen that you've been on a lot of news broadcasts. You've been interviewed, but there's also people that, I mean, have the lesbians, homosexuals have come out against you big time because you break the narrative. They say that you're created by God that way. And you're saying, no, that's not mm -hmm. true. Yeah, they call me a liar, bigot, but also we're getting a lot of backlash from those who should be supporting me, which are Christians. You know, it, we have to take the word Christian loosely <laughs> nowadays because well, everybody says they're a Christian. That's you true. know, if you're not living according to biblical principles and following Jesus Christ as your Lord, God, and Savior, you're not a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I so was just. I don't even call people Christians anymore. <laughs> I was just reading this weekend out of Second. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5, where it lists those 19 things that are signs of the end time about blasphemers, lovers of own soul, lovers of pleasure. And the last thing in verse 5 says, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And Paul said, from such turn away. So even in Paul's day, uh, there was people who named the name, but they didn't walk the walk. And Paul said, turn away from them. That doesn't mean that you hate mm -hmm. them, but you, you need to call a, a I guess a, Center duck a sinner. duck, sinner <laughs> a sinner. If people, if they're <laughs> against everything that God's for, it doesn't matter what they say. Their actions speak louder than their words. So, exactly. Janet, I've got a lot of questions for you because uh -oh. uh, it seems like that homosexuality. This is just me speaking. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like that's that's the tip of the spear. It's mm -hmm. it's the thing that Satan is ramming through. Nobody wants to condemn. Homosexuals, And, you know, just uh, yesterday we had a shooting in Colorado Springs where there was five That's people right, in, a, right. in a gay bar that were killed. And I, I heard 18, maybe 20 people injured. I don't yeah. know how many. Yeah. And anyway, correct. nobody likes to see violence like that. And I'm not endorsing it, but our Fox station that I was watching it on, they just went overboard talking about how that we need to be in one with these people. And we certainly need to condemn the violence and stuff, but it seems like that if you speak out against homosexuality, they're linking you with somebody that's going to go in and kill people and stuff. And so I think that this is one of the major thrusts of the devil, and you're right in the midst of this. What do you say about all of this? You know, I, I just said this recently, and I think Richard heard me say it. Homosexuality is one of the number one issues we're dealing with in America today. There's so many people are trying it out and it's an illusion. Many men are trying to be women, <laughs> women are trying to be men. And we know that's not true. But the sad thing about this whole issue is there's so much fear behind what they're doing. If we don't support their worldview, then we are part of the problem they're saying, but yeah. we're really part of the solution. You know, my wife has a real simple answer to all this transgender stuff. She said that she thinks medical science ought to come up with some pill that if a man wants to transition to a woman, that it makes them start menstruating and having cramps. And he said that would solve the problem. <laughs> well, they're saying that they are already yeah. menstruating because you have so many women that are transitioning from female to male, which they look like, but they're 
still menstruating, you know, on a monthly basis. They didn't get rid of their their body parts. That's so just they're weird. still going to have the same thing as females have every month. It is so weird. So Janet, I know your testimony, but a lot of people watching will will say, I introduced you as saying that you were already a Christian when you became a lesbian. And people are thinking, no, that can't happen. Uh, just quickly, give a little background. How did you get into this? How did you get snared into that lifestyle? Yeah, I, I believe that I got involved is because of what happened to me growing up, you know, being raised by a single mom with seven kids, four different fathers, and watching violence and fights break out at my home. And I literally saw my dad beat my mom on a regular basis. And so I thought, hey, that's how you're supposed to handle your problems. You go to school and beat everybody up. And a lot of people didn't realize the pain that I was dealing with at home. Not only, you know, was I being abused and watching my mother get abused, I also was raped by one of those four fathers. You know, that was a mm -hmm. part of our lives. And so when you're dealing with that much trauma, you know, my feelings at that time didn't match my gender. You know, I literally was starting to feel as time went on that, you know, I was born in the wrong body. You were tough. Until I, I was really tough and, and I'm still tough. You know, God has, you know, softened my heart quite a bit. But like my friend Michelle Bachman says, in order to do what we're doing today, you need a titanium spine yeah. <laughs> because if you don't, they will chew you up and spit you out. But by the grace of God, you know, I was supposed to get married. In 1985, I was supposed to walk down the aisle with this wonderful guy, and I wind up having a sexual relationship with this woman, and I walked away from the Lord for 14 years. And this and woman was, was let me just interject, this woman was like a teacher, somebody that you respected, and she kind of took advantage of you. And how did that come No, that about? wasn't the case. I moved. I moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota with my eighth grade English teacher and her husband, but the woman that I wind up having a sexual relationship with was supposed to be a Christian like I was. Her father was a pastor, you know, at a church in St. Paul, Minnesota, so it wasn't anybody that took advantage of me. I willingly, you know, wind up having a sexual relationship with her, and okay, I walked I'm, away from the Lord for 14 years. I stand corrected. I'm glad you corrected me on that. I thought it was this teacher that kind of been, uh, drew you into it. So anyway, how did you get out of this? I, was it satisfying? Were you miserable during the whole time? If you were a, more, a believer, I just have to believe that the Holy Spirit was trying to speak to you and showing you that that's not satisfying. You know, a lot of times we ignore the Holy Spirit, but I stayed sensitive enough. God was speaking to me, but I used to shoo him off all the time. Mm. You know, like I could hear him and then ignore him, like, don't bother me, you're really messing up my relationships. And I used to say that to God, but there was a church down the street from me and I used to go past it and I never saw it. And one day out of my peripheral vision, I saw Maple Grove Assemblies of God. Five years later, as I'm becoming miserable, wanting my relationship back with God, because for the first five years, you know, my sin was fun for a season. I had all the girls, I had money, I had everything that I thought I wanted and that I needed at that time, but I was miserable. And I ran into a woman three o'clock in the morning, we engaged in a conversation. And I, she told me she dropped her son off at college. And I said, what college is open at three in the morning? She said, North Central Bible College. Well, before I walked away from my faith, I took homiletics and hermeneutics there. And she said it was North Central Bible College. And I told her, I walked away from my faith. I'm living a lesbian life. And she invited me to church two weeks later and I went and dedicated. Wait a second, are you saying that you actually went to a Bible school before you got involved in lesbianism? I was a Christian before I, hadn't I got heard involved that. in 
Yeah, I was a Christian wow. and I walked mm. away from my faith. And so many people that are living the life of homosexuality, if you really talk with a lot of them, most of them have been Christian. And about 90% of women that have walked away from their faith have been sexually molested. Mm. 90%. Well, that's not an excuse, but it is a reason. It puts trauma in yeah. your life and you're looking for acceptance. And if you have somebody who's into that lifestyle, reach out and tell you that they accept you. I could see how you could get sucked into that. Well, you're looking for a way to medicate your pain. And if you're not getting it from your biological mother or your biological father, I promise you they're going to go out there or we have went out there and gotten it from somebody else that we thought was going to love us in a way that my mother didn't love me. And these women, I thought at that time, were loving me in a way that I wasn't getting loved by my mom. And that's, that's just hard for me to understand. Let me ask this question, you know. <laughs> it's that, complicated. Uh, well, it is complicated. <laughs> but um, how do you reach out to the homosexual community? Because you've been on this other side. And uh, mm -hmm. if anybody ever said anything to you, did you automatically take it as hatred, condemnation? Or how do you reach out to the homosexuals? You know, it's really difficult, especially today, to reach out to the gay community. One thing I realize is that those of us who are in church, we want the gay community to become saved. We tell them that we, they need Jesus. We tell them they need God. We tell them they need to be born again. But as soon as they step a foot in the church, nobody wants anything to do with them. Mm -hmm. It's like they take their hands off like, no, you don't look like you know, a woman or you don't look like a man. So nobody wants to engage in a conversation with them. And so they are looking to build a community they're leaving one community, they're going to another community, and if we don't catch that when they get into the church, we're gonna lose them. And so reaching out to the gay community is not really something we can do. Once they step a foot, once somebody calls me, then I have an opportunity to minister to them. But Jesus is not the first thing I talk about. We talk about the need, what's going on in your life, you know? Tell me, you know, why you decided to go into that. We wanna meet their need, and then later we start talking about God because to be honest with you, there are, they already know Jesus as their Lord, God, and Savior. They're just out there medicating their pain. How do you reach out to a homosexual and, and uh, broach the subject without uh, condemning them? It's very difficult. You know, I have a niece that's 26 years old that's living a lesbian lifestyle. I have a niece that's 19 that's living a lesbian lifestyle. And I have a nephew that's gay. My 19-year-old niece came to my conference this year. My 26-year-old niece that's a lesbian came last year. If you listen to my podcast, Healing in May Free with Janet Boynes, my niece did an interview with me on my podcast. And hmm. I reach out to them the same way I reach out to her. I just love her. They know where I stand. Their girlfriends aren't allowed to come over my house. They can come over my house anytime they want. I have a great relationship with them. I tell them I love them. If they need something from me, I'm always there. That's how we're going to meet the needs of those that are out there. If they reach out to you, just love them. Just be a friend to them. But well, let, right now it's difficult because they don't want anything to do with us. Well, let me expound on something you said. You said you love them, you're there for them, you invite them over to their house, but you don't allow them to bring their friends over. So uh, loving uh, them yeah. and showing them love and acceptance isn't necessarily validating their lifestyle. Uh, how do you do that balance to show that you love them, but yet at the same time you're totally against the lifestyle? You don't have to compromise your morals and values just to love somebody. <laughs> you know, and that's what a lot of people are doing is compromising their morals and values. And well, I tell that, my niece, yeah. 
Excuse me, but isn't that exactly what the homosexual lesbian community is doing? They're saying that if you don't validate our lifestyle, then you hate us and you're homophobic. They don't allow for any acceptance outside of total um, promotion of their lifestyle. Exactly. If you don't indoctrinate, if we're not indoctrinated into their life, then we're considered out of their life. If we don't do what they say, then we're out of their life. They won't listen to us. They don't want to hear anything about Christianity. It's always one-sided. It's their way or the highway. And this is my opinion, but I think the reason they don't want to hear about Christianity is because in their heart, they know this is wrong. That's what the scripture says. They do. God's revealed himself. And they, they want validation. You know, Jesus said it this way, that those that are in the dark don't come to the light because their deeds will be reproved. And they know that if you mm -hmm. start talking about the Lord, that they're going to come up uh, facing that this is sin and they don't want to admit it. They're, they want to have a parade and have everybody pat them on the back and say this is an acceptable lifestyle. I think it's guilt that's mm -hmm. driving that. And they're getting a lot of recognition. They're getting a lot of pat on the backs. You have, you know, a lot of the Democrats are supporting their worldview. They're getting plenty of money. And on most of them, to be honest with you, they're miserable. Mm -hmm. I talk with a lot of gay people and they said they are miserable. The hard thing for them to do is to walk away from a community that support them because they, if they come to church, and we can't blame it on church because if there's a church that you don't like, find another church. You go to a restaurant, you don't like the food there, you don't yeah. go back, but you don't stop going to restaurants. That's you right. just go find another one. Mm, that's a good illustration. Good. Very good. And a, lot, a lot of uh, gays say that they were born gay and, and they'll say that they've always had those uh, feelings of being drawn to that. Um, to the opposite, to the same sex or whatever. But um, the medical studies show that, um, Noah, most people who, ex who experience some level of same-sex attraction will eventually, uh, those feelings subside and, and they are able to have normal heterosexual relationships. So clearly they're not born that way. Plus we know that from the word. Right. Right. But why do they feel that way? Why do they feel like they've always, they were born that way? Does this, um, is it a result of what happens early in childhood before you're really aware, or what do you know about that? I don't have all the answers, but I had feelings that I was a man when I was younger, you know, and it wasn't because I was a man, it's just that everybody started telling me that I was a man, and I got to a place where I started believing, well, maybe I am a boy, you know, everybody says I'm a tomboy, you know, everybody says I'm gonna be a lesbian, even though it didn't happen until my 30s, it still was downloaded in my psyche, in my brain, thinking, well, maybe I am a man. Maybe I can treat women better than my father treated my, my mom. And so I just think that people have told them so many times before that that's who they were. And so they start identifying with that. And you know- I think you... that's why people are transitioning too. And when you think about them having drag queens and transgender people coming into kindergartens and indoctrinating kids from a young age, and so if they ever have any feeling that something in my life isn't right, they're being told, well, it's because you're in the wrong body. I could understand how a person could be lied to and brought up in this and fall into it through deception. That's terrible what's happening. Well, just think about what's happening in our schools. They have literally indoctrinated our children. They have already told them that that's all they can be. They have their pronouns. They ask the students, what pronoun are you today? Well, think about Disney. Think about San, Fr San Francisco Choir saying, we're coming for your children. When people show you who they are, you better start believing them. 
you know, because they are coming for our children. That's the number one persons that they are going after is our children. Now think about Disney. The executive producer admits pushing a not at all gay agenda. Vivian Ware, who is the Disney diversity leader said that they will no longer use genders. So what are they gonna call our kids? Not boys, not girls, they're just gonna say hello. And the very people that should be protecting our children are raping them, killing yeah. them. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, the same people are, are pushing for um, uh, lowering the age of consent, um, normalizing, oh, yeah. you know, adult, uh, minor sex and stuff like that. Um, where does this end? Where, I mean, total depravity of our, of our culture and nation. I mean, do they have a stopping point? I don't believe, I believe there's a stopping point. Jesus Christ is their Lord, God, and Savior. I think people need to turn our hearts to God or, you know, I'm not the one who's gonna say who's going to heaven and who's going to hell, but they're sort of signing the papers right to, to hell. That's a slippery slope right there. And we gotta pray that people get saved and that they come to know Jesus as their Lord, God, and Savior, or we're gonna continue to lose our loved ones to men that have five wives and now fathers want to have sexual relationships with their younger kids i mean That's think terrible. about that that is that is sick behavior it absolutely is let me ask you this if god was just wave his hand and i became dictator for a year over america i would stop promoting and pushing homosexuality drag queen i would quit doing this i'd quit educating our kids but what would you do? You don't like in the old covenant, they used to kill homosexuals. And I believe in the new covenant, it says in Acts 13, 39, that we can now be cleansed from all things from which we could not be cleansed under the old covenant. Jesus has made a difference. But I wouldn't promote homosexuality. I wouldn't give them special recognition. But how do you, if you had the right, do you, uh, how do you relate to it? I, are you going to say what you do on your own time is your business? Just don't force it on other people? Or what is the Christian response to this? The Christian response should be Jesus Christ as our Lord, God, and Savior. But you have to really think about it. Look how many people, like pastors, let's talk about them. They're supposed to be a shepherd. They're supposed to protect the flock. They're supposed to be knowledgeable. They should fear God but they're fearing man more than anything. You know, we talked earlier about James Robinson. You know, he even told me personally, I and mean, he wrote a letter on his letterhead to pastors saying, hey, if there's anybody speak on this issue, hey, I support Janet, she's the one. But he said, Eric, you are fearless. They are fearless to even deal with this issue. And it's, it's incredible pressure for pastors to deal with this because they're being called bigots. People are leaving the church and they just want to be supported, but it's not the right thing for us to do. We got to stand up and a lot of people aren't standing up. Okay, you can talk about libraries, all the books that are in the libraries and schools. We can talk about, you know, um, the transgenders going into the libraries, but what are we really doing about this? Okay, let's take the books out. What is, okay, good, the books are gone. That's not enough. When are we going to come together as Christians, join together and say, enough is enough and do something about it. Just taking the books out of the bookstores or out of our schools isn't enough because this, the gay community, it, they have momentum. And well, we're steady getting pushed back. 
I guess what right. I'm asking is how far do you go? I'm all in to taking the books out of the school, even though I know that's not the total answer. It's a beginning. We got to at least start yeah. someplace. I'm all for taking away special rights, giving them marital status and saying the Constitution guarantees it, which it doesn't. So I'm into all doing that. But I mean, how far do you go? Do you tell a person that uh, I, I just I, it's a it's a tough. It, it, it used to be it used to be commonplace in America uh, before America under the common law that sodomy was illegal. It yeah. was a crime. Uh -huh. People would be punished, even thrown in jail, and even in a, ancient olden oh, times yeah. they'd be put to death for it. Now I'm not advocating any of that, but I do think like at one of these conferences we were at that they had a legislator there who was doing a great job of challenging books in the local libraries, but <coughs> he was using an obscenity standard. So if the book wasn't obscene, then it's going to stay in there. And it could still be, and probably there's dozens and dozens of them that are still pushing homosexuality, uh, grooming for it, even if they don't get explicit. And we got to be bolder mm -hmm. than that, I think. Well, you know, we've had yeah. homosexuals come into our school. We had one guy, or a guy, I don't know what they were, but they were transgender, and they were the nicest person, but you couldn't tell yeah. whether they were male or female. They had had surgery and... They were a great person and we loved them and treated them nice. But if I had a homosexual come to our school, I would welcome them in and I would, I'd, exactly. want, to, I'd want to reach them. But if they were still practicing homosexuality and brought their partner with them, I think I would deal with that the same way as I deal with our students who go out and commit adultery and it, we give exactly. them a warning and if they don't respond, we eventually uh, put them on probation and stuff like that. Now, some people would say, see, that's just hatred. But Andrew, think about this, Richard, Andrew. Pornography, you won't allow that in your home. No. You're not gonna allow somebody to come in your home and look at pornography. You're not gonna allow drugs in your home and booze and cigarettes and all these type of things. We know that's a sin, but we allow a same-sex partner to come to all the festivities, you know, that are going on. Homosexuality, the Bible says, is a sin. The man should never sleep with another man as he does with a woman. That's sin. Let's call it what it is and be done with it. I, but they I don't want to call it sin. They want to call it whatever they want to call it. I was born that way. All right. Or this so this is the way God made me. I make you the president of Karis Bible College for a week. Uh oh. And and so, you've got two <laughs> lesbians coming in who are aren't just lesbians, but they're in a lesbian relationship. How do you deal with that? What do you tell them? I know you tell them it's hey. sin, but do you have any um, discipline on it? All depends what they're doing. You know, you can have two gay people come to church, come to Karis Bible College. If they're coming to go to school, they're under the word of God. And I believe God's word is sharper than the two of the sword. It pierces the heart of the marrow. And if you're under God's word, it's going to change you. Now, if they start interacting where they're kissing in front of all the students and they're holding hands, then it's time with another person, another female with me to go into a meeting, call them into a meeting and say, look, you're more than welcome to go to school here because we want them under the word of God. But when it comes to the fact where you're kissing and you're holding hands, we don't support that. We believe marriage is between a man and woman. We believe relationships as far as being joined together is between a man and a woman. We can't have that. We want you to stay, but you cannot be affectionate. That's my belief. And I believe personally, that's how we should handle it. We'll start seeing more people come to know Jesus. Now see, I'd agree with that 100%. Let's say that they don't show affection in school but they're still shacking up with each other and having a homosexual relationship. Do you extend it beyond school? Great question, Andrew. There are so many people 
in colleges, not only Terrace Bible College that are doing drugs, you don't, we don't know about it, that are, you know, doing whatever, they're not doing it in my house. They're not doing it in your house. It's outside your house. We can't stop people from doing what they want to do in their house. However, when they come into our house, Terrace Bible College, my home, we get to tell them what they can do and what they can't do. Well, but if they're on staff, it's a whole different ballgame. Well, I know I'm asking you some hard questions, but honestly, these are things I think these about. These are great questions. We've had students that uh, had adulterous relationships outside of marriage, and we don't follow people home, and we don't go check up on people, but if it happens and it comes to our attention and we know it, uh, that's against our rules, and we, we sit there and talk to them. We put them on probation if they continue to do it. Eventually, if they, if they just reject all of our stuff, we actually have kicked people out of school before saying mm -hmm. that we just can't condone this. And so they aren't doing it in school. In a sense, they're hiding it, but yet they've got this relationship. We deal with it. To me, if we were going to be even-handed, you'd have to do the same thing with a lesbian or homosexual mm -hmm. couple. Mm -hmm. Is that the way you'd look at it? I think what you're saying is correct. My philosophy and what I believe in is that if it's a staff person, then yes, I would address that wholeheartedly. It's just that if I found out about like somebody that's one of my volunteers and I knew that they were shacking up with someone or you know having a lesbian relationship, absolutely I have to have that conversation with them if they're on my team. If they weren't on my team and they're just attending my meetings and stuff, that's a different ball game. Oh, Everybody well, I agree. Has, I would yeah. never, I would never reject a homosexual couple that comes to my meetings and stuff like that because I don't have any responsibility. But when people come to my school and we're supposed to be discipling them and they're under my authority, I don't pursue it. I wouldn't go looking for problems. I know that there's some people that go out and do drugs. You know, drugs in Colorado yeah. are legal, and I know that they do it, but I don't, I mean, I don't know personally they do it. I just know it's being done. And if it came to my attention, I'd, I'd deal with that too. I agree with you on that because I know I've been working with someone that was doing drugs at Karis, and I actually turned them in. <laughs> you know, they weren't doing it in school, but they were doing it outside. Side of school, I turned them in, and it was being dealt with. So I, I support you wholeheartedly on that. You know, just in this last week, we had two employees that one killed the other one, his husband and wife. One killed the other one, and then committed suicide. And I don't feel responsible. It turns out that there was, I don't know, at least a dozen people who were dealing with them, and counseling wow. them. So it's not like we were ignorant that they were having problems, and we were dealing with it. So I don't feel responsible or any of my employees responsible, but I do think that we should have been more aware and stuff because there were some serious problems that went beyond us. And so this is, this is a hard issue. We love people. It is tough. And just like when you were in lesbianism, God loved you. He never forsook you. I've heard you talk about this, that there were times that you could even feel the presence of God and God ministered to you right in the midst of your sin, but he didn't condone it. I've also heard right. you say, uh, this is a question that comes up is people have a homosexual lesbian child that gets married and they want to have you come to the marriage. And I've heard you say before, that uh, you would love them and confirm your love, but you wouldn't go to the uh, wedding and validate what they're doing. No, no, because then you're putting your stamp of approval and agreeing with them and people go, well, 
they know how I feel. No, action speaks loud in words. I believe if you go to that wedding, you are supporting their views on what they're doing and you're saying, hey, it's okay to marry a same-sex person. I don't support that view. I stand on biblical principles. The best of my ability, if I get something wrong, somebody will call me on it, I'll repent and move on, keep it moving. But I agree, I, I wouldn't support that at all. And you know the However, go ahead. Did, did you hear um, Carolyn, what's her last name, Leaf? Yes, Caroline Leaf. Do you know? Yeah, I know do you who know she is. She, uh-huh. she um, actually, her son just got married three years ago to a man, and she officiated the wedding. And that's disappointing. Now, see, this I, is the type of things we're seeing with Christians. See, I think things like that, they think that by doing that, they're supporting and showing their love for it. But, you exactly. know, in the traditional wedding vows, you had a part of the ceremony where you said, speak now. Or forever hold your peace. And it's implied that if you don't speak up against that marriage, then you have validated it and you have to hold your peace. And so I think Mm -hmm. that even though you try and love people that are caught in this, you cannot do anything that validates their lifestyle, such as a Jack Phillips can't be forced to make cakes and stuff. And uh, it's Christians are having a problem saying, but how do I love this person? if what I say automatically is taken as hatred and rejection and condemnation, and it's just, it's a slippery slope. It's hard to deal with. It it really is. You know, God created us male and female. You know, we have roles. You you have roles for men. (laughs) There's roles for female. And we need to continuously send a message of hope, purpose, and love to each and every person out there. And so we know that who's the author of identity, and that's God. He made us male and female, and he didn't make a mistake. Well, identity, isn't this all really about identity? How do we define identity? Uh, Homosexuals, they talk about uh, my uh, sexual orientation and and a gay identity. And the truth is, no, you're, I mean, God, when, when a baby's born, that baby doesn't come out with sexual desire one way or the other. I mean, that's, exactly. that, they're, they're, they're made male, they're made female, and when they realize who they really are, then those, those other things take care of themselves. They're broken on the inside. We gotta, we gotta start affirming their God-given uh, identity. And uh, I don't know, what do you think about that, Jan- uh, Janet? Take, them, to give take them back to the Word of God, yeah. that God formed us in the womb. You know, there was a blank canvas before the mom got pregnant, you know? And so God said, hey, Janet, you're going to be a female. Andrew and Richard, you're going to be men. And I believe that's the way God formed us. But gender is now part of the culture. You know, be who you want to be. But if you go back to 2007, somebody brought this to my attention. I think they said in 2007, there was no gender identity in Merriam-Webster. Did you know that? Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, yeah. That's not very long ago. Yeah. It but, wasn't that long ago, but now it's like, you know, a hundred different genders. Well, now we non-binary. think just because they go through some surgery and they take skin off here and put it over there, that somehow that makes you a different gender. But um, gender is determined by your genes. You got an XY if you're a boy, you got an XX if you're a girl, and they don't change that. And every, you're still the same gender. It's all a charade, it seems to me, all uh, You know, fake. I was watching something on Instagram um, Kathy Hilton had this guy who now all the celebrities are supporting him. And, you know, he had on his, you know, pajamas and Kathy Hilton had him over for tea. And, 
you know, this is what they're pushing. Yeah, you're just like us, you know, you're a woman just like we are. And the lie that they're telling them, and then you mm -hmm. wonder why suicide is on the rise. Yeah. It's because people don't know who they are and who God has called them to be. Right. We're saying that, a matter of fact, I posted on his page, you will never be a woman. So stop it, you know? And of course they called me out and beat me up and I didn't care, but I just hate seeing that. It's like, come on folks, and, uh, you gotta do better. The suicide rate among homosexuals, lesbian is like three to four times what it is among heterosexuals. And of course the gay community would say that's because everybody's condemning us, but I believe it's because in their heart they know it's wrong, they're conflicted, they're dealing with guilt and they just are so guilty like you was talking about that they even consider suicide. Let me Andrew, say, I have the stats right here okay. real quick. Mm -hmm. um, there was a survey done, as I mentioned before, I think Richard heard me say this, in 2020, and it was based on the experience of nearly 35,000 youth from the ages of 13 to 24. This was across America. And they had a conclusion that 42% of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, I don't know why they hijacked the alphabet like that, youth <laughs> seriously considered attempting suicide yeah. in that year. But this is what they determined. Gen Zs from the ages of 13 to 24, they're leading that growth. Hmm. Our Gen Zs, they're leading that growth. So when you really think about, I don't know if you saw Matt Walsh do an interview with a, a, a girl by the name of Scott. That you, you should see that interview. I, I yeah, showed I that, it. you know, this past weekend. And she says, I will never be a man. If I die and you and you, you know, dig me up, you will know that I was born a female. Right. But right. now she's out, even though she looked like a man, going after every doctor that is trying to transition our children and the very doctors that transitioned her to a man want nothing to do with them, yep. nothing to do with her. And I read an article in Epic Times that uh, I won't mention the name of the university unless I make a mistake and say something wrong, but one of the major universities, medical uh, facilities, they are making billions off of transgender oh, yeah. and they are oh, yeah. proven that they are not it discouraging anybody, they are actually encouraging and manipulating people because it is very lucrative, trillions of dollars worth of income from this. Wow. And they don't have a clue what they're doing. My thing is, they're, while they're coming out of the closet, they're trying to put us in the, in the closet. But think about this, Andrew. We celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, President's Day, Martin Luther King, Memorial Day, Labor Day. One day, the gay community have a full month to terrorize us and try to indoctrinate <laughs> That's our That's a children, good point. To, to, to tell everybody they were born gay. They have an entire month. Who gave them that month? I mean, think about that. They a took whole it. month yeah, they to it. prance around in nudity. If I, you did that, I did that, Richard did that, we they throw us in jail. <laughs> we yeah. prance around like that. Mm. Well, if, they will never be thrown in jail. If you came up to a young child on the street and pushed pornography on them and tried to do the things exactly. to them that they're doing in school, you'd be arrested for doing that. But in school, they say that it's okay. Mm. We're going to have to take some questions. Yeah. We could talk forever. You're a blessing, Janet. I sure appreciate you, you. being I open you and, and dealing with this because, um, again, when we talk about this, people say you don't have a clue what you're mm. talking about, and they just can't say that about you. Yeah, good point. Well, awesome. Andrew, you are one of not too many 
that is willing to stand up for righteousness and, and speak on this issue. You don't worry about people walking away or money not coming in. Your dependency is totally on God. And I learned that from you ever since, you know, the Lord has, you know, put me in your life and that I can stand on God's word. And no matter what people say about me, no matter what they do to me, God will take care of us and he'll, he'll provide for me. Amen. And I've learned that from you. So thank you for doing what you do. Amen. If God's for us, who can be against us? Exactly. You got any questions, yeah, Richard? Yeah, well, absolutely we do. Here we go. Um, here's one from uh, Tracy on YouTube who says, um, what should we do as a church to help two lesbian ladies that come to church every week, worship God, are happy with their relationship and with the church? Man. Right. You know, we can assume that they're happy, mm. you know, but from what I know, after living that life for 14 years and being at, out of it 20, I've talked with gay on a regular basis. I promise you, they're not happy. That's why they're in church. <laughs> you know, they're looking for a way out. And I believe that if we start maybe spending time with them, going out to lunch with them outside of your home, getting to know them. What normally happens is one will stay in church and the other one will eventually go away because they're not ready to, to serve God. But I say, just keep loving them and keep, you know, pushing that they should come to church. I think where we need to draw a line is, do you baptize them while they're in a homosexual relationship? You know, I think there, there are some of the things we need to watch for because I don't believe that that's something we should do if they're not all in serving God. I don't know, Andrew, what you think yeah, about that. And you, but. you know, we also need to be a little bit aware on, on the defensive, because of course, you know, you know Mac and Lynn Hammond, and I've been up to their church, and yep. they had actually had a lesbian come into their church with a little girl, and it turned out it was a plant. They stayed there for a year or two or something like that, and then when they asked for volunteers in the nursery, this lesbian volunteered and they, they allowed her to come to the uh, church. They ministered to her, but when she wanted to be in a position of leadership, they said no. And that's what she was looking for. And they sued Mac and Lynn and they had to go mm -hmm. to, to uh, you know, court over it. And so, man, it's not mm -hmm. just about the individual, but many of them are just looking for an opportunity to come against you. They so are. It's, they it's are. And that's how it, Satan's using them. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, uh, here's another they one. They did it to Marcus and Michelle Bachman, too. Oh, did they? Yep. You're good friends with yep. Michelle. I know that she's endorsed you and helped you. Yeah. That's she good. got me to write her for my first book. We're very good friends, yes. I, I met her. her and talked to her and talked to her on the phone once, but we hadn't got quite that close. I'd like to. She's we a great to, lady. We need to get her on the show. Well, yeah. You need, she'll do it. <laughs> Right. Well, Janet, here's another question from um, one of our viewers on Rumble, actually, and they ask, how can we prepare our young ones entering public schools to uh, protect against indoctrination? You know, I wish we could take our children out of schools. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of parents can't afford it, and I know, you know, they just, you know, have to work, but I believe that parents have a very important role. They have a lot more control than they know. You need to go to school, find out what's in the libraries, find out what's in their curriculums, what they're teaching our children, because you get to say, you know, what they teach and what they don't teach. But if parents band together, I know the Hispanic community in Michigan, about a month ago, you can Google it, 
they were starting to teach the children about homosexuality and all these Hispanic families came together and they stopped it. Praise God. And that's what we need to do is come together and pull your kids out of school because if you pull your children out of school, they don't get paid. Yeah. So what else are they going to do? They're yeah. going to take it. They're going to stop everything and you'll wind up winning this battle. But too many parents are afraid of the backlash. You know, I'm, I'm not to the point of saying that Christians ought to pull their kids out of public school, but I'm that close. Mm. I mean, it is so corrupt. I'm there. It is so corrupt. <laughs> so and corrupt. I know that some people have, how do you pay for private school? Like we have a great private uh, Christian school in Woodland Park, at, but it's expensive. So what I'm doing, I'm putting, uh, I don't know the exact number right now, but it's somewhere between ten dollars and $15,000 a month into paying for my employees if they want to send their kids to Christian school. We'll subsidize Praise them. Praise God. And so we're, we're beginning God. to start doing things. But uh, it's a tough situation. It's nearly like it's the tough. ship is sinking. You might ought to get in a lifeboat and head for sure. Well, I, I learned that there's a new program uh, that's spreading out there and it's called um, ESAs, Education Savings Accounts, where um, you know the, the Supreme Court just upheld last year that a voucher program out of Maine was constitutional, didn't violate separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. Arizona's passing a law where you, you, can, um, you can get your tax dollars back, basically, that'll help you up to $7,000. So it's, it's happening out there. But um, So there's legal things we can do. And also, we've had people on our program here, and I think the homeschooling uh, yeah. thing has gone up like two or three times what it was because during the pandemic, people saw what their kids were being indoctrinated with. I was reading the other day that Denver is closing some of its schools and, and other public school districts in Colorado too because more people are homeschooling because they're seeing what's going on. Now there. see, some people yeah. will say that's tragic. We got Christian teachers in there and, and we do have Christian teachers and they're in there fighting a battle and I'm not against them. But as a whole, our education system is indoctrinating yes. kids in the very thing that we're talking against uh, man, it's being crammed down their throat from uh, kindergarten on up, and we've got to take a stand. You know, I'll say this r I real quick, if I could, that if, you, uh, if your kids are in public school and you have no other choice, you, you've got to know what they're being taught, and you have got to sit exactly. down with them and spend the time talking to them when they get home from school every day, what'd you hear, what'd you learn? You've got to have the sex ed talk and you've got to deal with homosexuality from a biblical perspective. There's resources out there for that that can help you if you don't know how to do that. And then you've got to stay on top of it. And if you, uh, you know, you get any drift of it whatsoever, you've got to come and disciple them in the word and strengthen them. There's just, because otherwise they could, you could lose them. It, it's Good deadly advice. serious. Well, well, one more thing on that. The NEA, National Education Association, they, um, represent the teachers union. They're huge. Well, I think many people know that uh, they proposed a resolution that they should change the word mother to birthing parents yeah. just to support the LGBT community. Yeah. And yeah. so when you have somebody like NEA who supports the teachers, I mean, come on. Everybody in my family, father, mother, brother, sister, in-law, outlaw, all except one uh, one uncle were all teachers. So we grew up with the NEA and we grew up thinking teaching was just a noble profession. But today the NEA is corrupt to the core. They it's are corrupt. pushing yep. the woke CRT uh, stuff. It's mm -hmm. just bad. And I, 
I even think that the Department of Education, it'd be better to do away with it. Yeah. It was created not yeah. that long ago, and it has done nothing but bring our education system down. Yeah, the federal government has no business being involved in education. It's no. not a federal government function, and uh, we need Agreed. to insist that it be done away. Well, Janet, here's another question. Uh, speaking of schools, how can we get a copy of a public school district's policy on LGBT plus? Um, can local school districts refuse to teach this? So what, what can you tell folks about that? I, I don't know a lot about that, but I believe that you can ask the question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can go to the school district and ask them, number one, what is your issue or what do you have in writing on homosexuality? And they have to give you a copy of it, especially if your children you know, are in school there. That, that's all I know that you can do. And then once you find out that they are teaching it or they're not, that's when you have to gather, you know, parents together and start standing up for righteousness. And reach out to us because uh, Matt Staver, who is the founder of Liberty Council, there's a lot of other attorneys that we can help you with that will band with you and give you all the information that you need to fight against them. So. And I think you know who Matt Staver is. Yeah, he helped <laughs> us out. We've uh, used him a yes. lot. But, uh, you know, Loudoun County, Virginia, they stood up and they have made huge difference there. But uh, people that find out what's going on in the school, they can go to their school board and they can start making waves right there. Mm -hmm. But I've also read a number of things that people have asked for what's being taught in their school. Are you teaching CRT? Are you teaching all this stuff? And they'll say no. But then as you get into it, they are. And they're lying about it and they're disguising it just as the lesbians, homosexuals call it gay and they call it pride when it's anything but gay and it's anything but something to be prideful about. They just right. twisted all of the words. So it's, it's mm -hmm. hard to get to the bottom of it. Janet, what, what do you have uh, in your ministry? What do you have available for people? I know you've got a book out right now, but if there are people watching that are struggling with this issue or they have loved ones that are, they want to get materials to or, or help, what, what would you uh, recommend? One, go to my website, www.JanetPointsMinistries.com. Andrew endorsed my last book, God and the LGBT Community. We have God and Sexuality. They're the same book. It's just that God and the LGBT Community has a study guide. We have the book called out. But contact our ministry, especially if you're a mom. Once a month, uh, twice a month, I'm sorry, we have a professional counselor who was a student at Karis Bible College. She specializes in EMDR. She runs my mom's group. Um, I think she stepped out of school for a year and then she's going back. Her husband asked her to, but she runs that twice a month. I think we have like 15 moms that get on regularly and she's amazing. So we want to get support for moms. But if you have a loved one that's struggling, just reach out to our ministry. We respond within 24 hours. We know that a lot of um, people from Andrew Walmack Ministry, Karis Bible College, reach out to us and we respond within 24 hours. I know Richard, you sent people to us and we were able to assist them and help them. So we'll do everything we can to help you. We don't have all the answers, but if we give you, you know, an answer, if we try to help you and you don't maybe do what we're asking, let me give you an example. There's a parents that come to us and say, look, my son is getting married. Do I go, <laughs> you know, how do we respond? And we tell them it's not right that you go, hey, just talk with them, love them, tell them you can't go, white what you believe. And then, you know, they're gonna get upset, deal with that. But then when they go, 
you know, two years later, they say, that's the biggest mistake we've made. What can I do to help you? There's nothing I can do to help you. You know, you have to repent, tell them you apologize, and then make some right decisions. I just had a uh, person come to me at my Dallas meeting last week, and they have a son that's gone homosexual, and they were asking what they could do, and I sent him to you. I don't know if he's contacted you, but I told him about that. So we sent a lot of people to you. I think you've got a good ministry. Yeah, you, you've sent a lot of people, and we do everything we can to help them. So tell us again, uh, what do you have available? you got two books. Uh, what else do you have on your website? We know we have... Um, I have a podcast now, Healing and Made Free with Janet Boynes. I'm hoping to get Andrew on there one day. Mm. And you can listen to our podcast. Uh, we talk about just healing in general, not just homosexuality, but I think you would enjoy that. Also, pastors that are listening, colleges, if you're out there listening, we wrote a curriculum. And we know that KCBC, Kenneth Copeland Bible mm -hmm. College, is going to offer it next year as an elective. It is in the hands of Karis Bible College and hoping to hear back from them soon. They asked for it. So um, I'm excited to get this curriculum out. I have a psychotherapist, David Pickup, Jonathan Alexander, who's an attorney, and myself, we wrote the curriculum, and we're excited to to get this out in the hands of not only churches, but Bible colleges around the country. So we just got a very brief time, but do you ever go and minister? If people were to ask you to come minister, do you have conferences? What do you do? Andrew, I'm more busy now than I have been a long time. Praise God, the message is getting out. Yes, please reach out to me, info at JanetPointsMinistries.com or go on my website. My assistant's email address is there, Michelle G at JanetPointsMinistries.com. And if it lines up with my schedule, I'll be there. All right, if our guys had put up that address once again so they can see how to spell Boynes, that'd be good. Janet, we sure appreciate you being with us, but we appreciate you. what you're doing, and thank you for standing up. I know that this is hard sometimes to put yourself in the line of fire because, uh, man, this is a hot issue, but we're for you. We love you. I appreciate you. Well, thank you for supporting me. Well, you're a blessing. So thank you all for watching tonight. Please go to Janet's website and check it out. And remember, we do this every Monday night. We interview different people on different subjects and we do it at 6 o'clock p.m. every Monday night. That's uh, Colorado time. And uh, I want to thank CTN also for carrying this on their network. What a blessing that is. And so we just love and appreciate you, and I believe that this is going to help you. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Janet. And praise God, we'll see you again next Monday night for another Truth and Liberty Livecast right here from our facilities in Karis Bible College. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 